0: It's 49ers cut back podcast time. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. The, the game reaction show, the 49ers and Vikings, has concluded. And what's up, Dan Rostic? What's up, Ben V? Ben V says, undefeated. Uh, love that. That's fantastic. And it was an interesting game. We got to see a lot of the backups. We got to see a lot of the players we've been looking to see. Uh, so we've probably had some questions answered about a few players. And I think we also got an idea of who's going to be released in the next five because I think one guy's injury signals that he's probably not going to make it to 80, uh, which is a little disappointing because I I thought he made some good plays in the joint practice. He had showed out at training camp a little bit, but he's probably not going to be on the team. And I'll I'll tease that now and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But what is up everyone that's joining chat? What's up traffic? What's up Siggy? What's up count club? I hope you guys are all enjoying yourself and it was a fun game we got to see a lot of uh Nate Sudfeld we got to see a lot of Brock Purdy going back and forth of course both of them had really good games uh, I think that you know both numbers would have been even better if, if they would have been some catches I mean there was a lot of drops uh Danny Gray had a drop Tanner Hudson had a drop uh, there was just times that the 49ers needed their players to you know receivers to make plays Trey Sermon also had a drop Maybe a little bit tougher pass, but still, you'd like to see him make those, right? Uh, What's up, Ellie? How's it going? Uh, Really nice to see you in chat, KNDR. What's up, Harold? How's it going? Welcome. And, uh, of course, because it's a reaction show, I'm looking to interact with you. So let me know what's up in the chat. Let me know what you liked about the game, what you didn't like. If you have questions, let's get into those. Let's just have a fun time. That's what it's about for a reaction show. It's not about everything that I'm going to say, but let's just have that conversation together. So... I'm really good with it. Yeah, a lot of drops coming from Count Club. That's true. What's up, Lou? I hope you're doing. KNDR says, I don't care about an Instagram poll. Sudfeld was more efficient and acknowledge him. Uh, KNDR not, not happy with our Instagram poll. Quarterbacks in come back. Instagram had a poll on who would do better at the quarterback, who would throw for more yards, Sudfeld or Purdy. Most went with Purdy. Of course, you know it ended up being a, a pretty healthy split between the two of them, but I think it's fun. Um, Jay Ellie says, I'm done with 66. Get him out of here. I think they were giving Keaton Sutherland a real good look at center. I think they were trying to decide what they wanted to do there. He right now would be the backup for Jake Brendel. And we got a pretty good idea. You know, I mean, there was there was definitely some missed blocks, uh, some mishaps. I even believe that when Justin skill went off sides, I think Sutherland snapped it a little bit late. Those are things I noticed as a line coach. So I think. I think that Sutherland's kind of on fringe, you know, and I thought Donovan West came in at the end of the game, did all right. But right now who takes that second center spot? I don't think Zakel's far enough along. He just started taking snaps. I don't think Donovan West is ready. So I think the 49ers have a question mark at the center position. And I don't think Sutherland is the answer. They're going to have to figure out this backup center uh, unless they want to roll with Daniel Brunskill and they potentially know more about his injury than anyone else. So if he's going to be back, It'll probably be Brunskill while is playing another position as well. But more work for Aaron Banks, more work for Spencer Burford, and I think that's really good. Um, Traffic says that Kinlaw sack, though, yeah, it's a great move, right? The hands, he gets up there. He really gets a hold of the guy, and then he ends up using a club rip technique. The rip is so nice because he got it all the way up to his ear. Uh, It it was really good technique. He got his body turned. He was able to really leverage and use the power that he needed to get up field and make that sack, it was very good technique. And what is he been hearing from Demico Ryan's technique, technique, technique? Uh, and that's what we're getting from Javon Kinlaw. And to me, Javon Kinlaw looked really good. It was nice to see him get extra reps. He looks healthy and ready to go. They're working him up, priming him, making so he's going to be ready. And I think the fact that they kind of said today he's under two, under 300 pounds, he's lighter, quicker more aggressive as long as he still has that power, which it seems that he does. The guy's going to wreak havoc on a lot of offensive lines. And this interior defensive line is going to be good because you've seen them still making plays. It's on Ridgeway. Welcome back. Cause Ridgeway was uh walking guards right back into the quarterback, which was fun to see. And what's up, Freddie Mac Dre. How's it going? What's up, Donald? What's up, Brett? Uh, welcome to chat. And Brett says Jordan Mason showed up. Yeah. Jordan Mason looked fantastic. Uh, I thought Jordan Mason's carries were really good. If you follow 40 yards cutback on Twitter, I went with the the Dr. Evil. Uh, this was to Trey Sermon move down the bench. Uh, it's unfortunate that that happened, but Trey Sermon, I don't know if it's the ankle or the overall, just, I mean, he's not decisive enough right now. He looks like the back of the court or running back room. He looks like the very last guy right now. Everyone else is showing up. Everyone else is making improvements. That TDP run he had where he stiff-armed the D-tackle, the guy goes to his legs, he makes the guy miss, and then he trucks a cornerback in the open field and ends up picking up 11 yards. That alone was just special. That shows his ability, uh, the aggressive style, which he runs, but also the quickness, his, his vision. Of course, the, the fourth and one is a problem. The fourth and one's a problem. You've got to get vertical. You, you can't be trying to bounce that out and going horizontal. That was an issue, but I believe that he did a really good job of redeeming himself later, and I was excited about that. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited about what was going on um, with, with TDP, with Jordan Mason. This, to me, was Jordan Mason's best game. I thought he had two really good runs in the first one. This time, every single run was good, every one of them. There wasn't a single run where I was like, okay, that's not good. You know, I said before, if I'm going to come on here when I believe Jordan Mason is that guy, and today he proved to be that guy. The foyers have some really tough decisions to make because Jermichael Hasty looks like an absolute beast as well. So I don't know what they're going to do, but if they try to get Jordan Mason to the practice squad now, he probably won't be there. I guarantee Seattle would be very interested uh, in getting him. And Lou says Poe played well. Yeah, Poe continues to stack good reps. I thought he was better in pass protection than he was against Green Bay. Uh, his runs, he looks great. And this is what we talked about from the beginning, right? He's going to be a fantastic puller, and that's what he did. When he pulled, kicked out the end, that was fantastic. That's boom hits. Uh, I love that. I love the aggressive style. So I was very, very excited about Poe making those plays. Those are the things he's going to be very good at. So, yeah, I'm with you on that, Lou. Uh Oh, played well. Dan Rosick says, I'm no O-line Xer, but Sutherland was awful right. Yeah, he, he struggled. What's crazy is there was a couple of plays he made that were really nice. You're like, oh, okay. Okay, Sutherland's going to settle in. But there were so many times he got caught. You know, and it's really tough to play center. I know he got beat in the middle. He was one-on-one. But he it's tough when you're snapping. You got your hand between your legs. And i seen him strike with his off arm. He struck him right in the chest plate, which is nice. Then when he got the second hand up in the chest plate, he should have gotten control. If you have enough time to get both hands on, you should get control. While you're doing that, while your right hand is coming up from there, you should be moving your feet around. So he should have been positioning himself to the left. He did not. He stayed stationary. By staying stationary, the defender was able to beat him around the corner. That is something that is just, I mean, his foot were feet were stuck in the mud. That's not good when you're playing center. So, Is it difficult? Yeah. Is he not using his bottom half the way he should? Yes. So I think that's something that Sutherland needs to work on. And last week, Sutherland was moving his bottom too fast. His bottom half was moving too fast. That's why you were getting some of the bad snaps and stuff like that. So um, Dan Rossick says, Was that a Jennings drop or a good defensive play? I would say a Jennings drop for this reason, Dan. I believe he had time to put it away. He kind of held it out in front of him a little long. If he would have put that away, I believe that he could have had a catch. But it was an excellent defensive play. I think Jawan Jennings saw he was in the clear, and the defender made a good play. But I would still be, as far as a coaching point, telling him, hey, you got to get that ball secured right away. Get it into your body so it's protected. So that way you can go ahead and secure that first down. And I know it's something that Jennings has done before, and he'll get better at that. Brett says, I thought Purdy looked good, but Sudfeld won the battle tonight. Yeah. Both these guys are pretty good. I mean, they were making reads. They are finding the right guys. They looked like they were in rhythm. Uh, it, it, Sudfeld's better in the pocket. with rhythm, getting it to the right guy. Where Brock Purdy's a little bit more of a gunslinger. When he gets outside of the pocket, extends things, he goes ahead and makes plays. So oh, I do like both guys. Um, of course, they're probably not going to keep three quarterbacks. So I think it's going to come down to Sudfeld versus uh, Purdy next week. I think right now Sudfeld's put together two good performances in his leading. But I think at least Purdy's made a good showing. I don't know if anyone would be willing to pick him up. So maybe you could get him to the practice squad. But I think the Niners would ultimately love to get him to the practice squad. So maybe. Harold says, uh, Count Club says, Kinlaw looked ready to go. Harold says, Kinlaw looked great. Um, Count Club says, 38 played a good game. I love that. Yeah, uh, Diomero Lenore made this roster tonight. Diamond Lenore's ability to play on the outside and to play the nickel, which I think since last year, so many people have been calling for, hey, why isn't Diamond Lenore playing the nickel? Well, he was getting down on it today. He was getting down. It was so nice to see uh, Diamond Lenore was playing well, that versatility to play inside and out. I think he secured himself a roster spot. I think right now he's cornerback three. Behind, you know, the two guys, Emmanuel Mosley, Charverius, Ward, until Jason Verrett comes back. I don't know what's going to happen with Ombry Thomas, but Ombry's going to have to do whatever he can to make this roster. It's going to be tough because Diablo Norris definitely stepped up. It's nice. It's really nice. Let's see right here. JLE he says, who are you expecting to get cut this week? I think there's a, a few names that I think could potentially get cut. Um, I had been predicting left tackle Sam Schluter would potentially get cut. He's an undrafted free agent, so that could potentially happen. You're Right now, an offensive lineman is probably going to go. To me, Sluter makes sense, even though he's done pretty well. They're pretty stacked at the tackle spot. Plus, I think Jalen Moore is going to come back, so that would make sense there. Um, I think Austin Mack gets released now because he had the hamstring during the game. He's going to be hurt, and we know what happens with the 49ers once that happens. So he's going to be gone as well. Um, So I I think those are two guys for sure that I I believe are going to get are going to get waived. Um, And then there's some other ones. I think linebacker Saguna Luby could be gone after this week. Uh, They have it'll be either him or Jeremiah Gemmel. I think it'll be Saguna Luby. It's just it's a tough room. I mean, if defensive tackle Kevin Adkins is another guy that I'm leaning towards potentially getting released and maybe another wide receiver. We'll see uh, how this thing plays out. It could also be cornerback King Crowley. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go as well. Brett Boyle says, hey, Aunt Javon is a freaking mutant. Oh, my God. Dude been uh, experimenting around the gamma radiation this offseason. He looks fantastic. I mean, when you're 292 pounds and you have a six-pack, you're ridiculous. And, and that's what they got. And what's up, P-Murr? Welcome. Uh, fantastic. And Siggy's loving the great juke you put on. Yeah, what a pump fake, right? Got him uh dan um golden dragon says danny gray with the with the gritty at minnesota danny gray made a nice move that was that route worked out well for them and he came open for that two-point conversion on the back it's good Daley says mills got all the snaps at right tackle and i thought it was an up and down performance for mills i thought there were moments he didn't look really good the fact he was blocking an inside defensive tackle and the tackle was able to beat him to the outside that's not good I think, I think it was an up and down performance for Mills. I, I've thought before he wasn't going to make this roster. I think he was going to have to have a major performance uh, in the next two games to do that because I think from everything I understand, uh, McKivitz is, is secure. They didn't even play him tonight. McKivitz is secured. McGlinchey could be secured. I think that's the right side. so I, I just don't I don't see him making this team, but he did get all those reps. Uh, Freddie says, Mason, and Sir- Mason in, Sermon out. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, what's tough is the four-yards have to cut their running back room to four backs and one fullback. So two guys are going to have to go out, not just Sermon. There's going to have to be someone else. I mean, I thought it was going to be Mason for a while, but Mason looks better than Sermon. So there we go. Uh, be Mercer, So we're giving Ken Law the Hulk nickname. It truly fits. Hey, I'm I'm down with that. If we want to go with that, we'll call him the Hulk. I have no problems with that. Uh, if that's what chat wants, I'm good with that. Uh, David V said, "What's up, faithfuls and Coach Ant? What a win! Yeah, what's up, David V? Welcome to chat. It's it's really a good one. Uh, it was a, it was a fun game. I enjoyed watching all these young guys go out there. Just seeing how they've developed. I mean, even since last week of the Packers game, it just feels like they've developed so much." Uh Kali says, Mason over Sermon. This is coming from a Buckeyes fan. I'm with you, Kali. I'm with you. I mean, it it's it's just too clear, right? Uh he's decisive. He runs, he runs physical, he gets vertical, he breaks tackles. Uh TDP runs physical. He's decisive. He gets vertical. He breaks tackles. I mean, those two guys are like that. And the thing is, Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr., they do the same sort of things. Uh very aggressive style. You heard Tim Ryan if you were watching the TV broadcast. Talk about how Jeff Wilson juniors looked fantastic. So I, I think that, you know, those four guys up top are really good. What do you do with J. Michael hasty or Jordan Mason? I think that's the question right now. And that's a big question. And I'm glad I don't have to make that uh, Lou says he thinks Thomas might be toast. I would say maybe, except there's not a lot of really good depth in the cornerback position, unless they keep Dante Johnson there. Um, so maybe he could still squeak on. I don't think they want to give up on him, but he's definitely down farther on the depth chart than he should have been. I thought he was an absolute lock to be cornerback three in this game. I mean, this team this season, and that's not really working out so far. Um, I'm looking to see what we got. We got lots of comments going on. Really good chat. Good to see everyone having fun with each other. Um, KDR says... Did Womack look good? I didn't get to watch. Yeah, Womack looked pretty good. So when it comes to Womack, uh, Womack just kind of built on last week's performance. Of course, he did have two picks, but he was still you know doing the things on the routes, undercutting things. Um, so I thought Womack had another good performance. I thought Q Knight had a pretty good performance, but I thought overall in the slot, De'Ambra Lenore had the performance of the night. They tried to run that deep route on him, that deep fade, and he was right in the guy's hip pocket. That was fantastic. I mean, that was what I've been waiting to see from Diomero Lenore. You throw in the fact that Diomero Lenore is probably the best tackling corner or one of the best tackling corners on this team. Uh, Having him on the team on nickel situations would be smart for the Niners. I mean, that way you have a guy in there that can help out in run fits. But they did use Womack a lot in blitzing situations today, which I thought he excelled at. I thought he looked really good getting after the quarterback. And he did, in fact, put a lot of pressure on. So. I liked him in those situations. So yeah, Womack continued to look good. I just thought Lenore actually was the standout corner of the game. Um uh, WTM says, How proud of you how proud are, are you of Drake Jackson? Oh, uh, very proud. I thought Drake Jackson continues to develop, continues to get better. He had a couple times where he set the edge. Uh he's still working on some of his stunts and get and making sure he can keep his feet underneath him when he hits feels contact from the left or the right. Those are things he's going to keep working on. But overall, we continue to see that development from Drake Jackson. And I think right now, he's going to be comfortable in a role that they they put for him. Um, and I think he's going to come in in and, and situational pass rushes. He's going to be able to put, get after the quarterback. So I'm very proud of Drake Jackson. He's going to continue to get better and better. I really like it. Uh, Brett says, hey, Ant, will you be attending the home opener against Seattle? Not as of right now, I will not. Um, there's always a chance I could end up at some of these games. But as of right now... That's not the plan, um, but I mean, if so, you know, if, if it opened up, maybe I would go. That could be fun um, because I always enjoy going to games. It's just a, a different atmosphere. Uh, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun, especially when it's one, you know, one uh, one twenty five game. Those are fun. Luce's aunt really Mason in say it so. I mean, I can't say hundred percent he's in, but if I was the uh, I was the coach, I would have a really hard time not keeping Jordan Mason. I I mean Jordan Mason to me looked physical, aggressive, decisive, and that's what I wanted to see last week. I saw a little chatter with the feet as he's running to the line of scrimmage on his second two, not his first two runs, but the second two. It was like ta 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 ta, and he was trying to decide, and he almost lost balance. Didn't see that this week, which means growth. He got better, and that's a scary proposition for a back that's five foot eleven, two hundred and thirty pounds. I like him. Now my only question is though. Will Kyle Shanahan be willing to play Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. or Debo Samuel in third down roles? Because if you're you're not cutting TDP, Jeff Wilson Jr. has played fantastic through training camp. He looks back. It's Jermichael Hasty or Jordan Mason. And if you're in that situation, do you need you want that third down back or can Jeff Wilson Jr. do it? It was all the way back before training camp. And we said training camp battle, Jeff Wilson Jr. versus Michael Hasty for the third down back situation. So that's a decision that needs to be made. Maybe a combination of all these guys can do it, but it's still tough. But I think Jordan Mason made it really tough on the 49ers because there's absolutely no way he gets to the practice squad if he gets, if he gets waived. Somebody is claiming him because he can definitely do something uh, in this league. He looked pretty good. I was excited about it. Donald Jones said, I missed the game. I'm trying to take care of my business before the regular season. How did Gray do? He did good. Uh, he had some more good, really good routes. They didn't take uh, as many shots down the field, but he was catching out patterns. You know, he was running in cuts. So he looked good in that area, and I think that's where we're going to kind of continue to see him go. Uh, so I'm excited about that. So, yeah, I think we're continuing to see growth from Danny Gray. He's becoming a more complete wide receiver for Kyle Shanahan. But Tim Ryan talked about it a little bit. He always gives you, like, little glimpses into what the coaches are saying. Is the consistency of running the routes where the routes always look the same. That's what you want from Danny Gray. You know, you don't you don't want a you you want him running full speed every time, so that way they don't know when he's going on the go route and when he's hitting the stop, when he's going on the go route and when he's hitting the, a a dig route. You want them all to look the same, feel the same, so when he breaks off, it gives him that separation. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had to learn that, so it's about playing fast. The quicker you learn that playing for Kyshen, and the more opportunities you're going to have to produce with the football in your hand. So i think that i think he's gonna figure it out i've always thought danny gray was more than just a take the top off the defense guy and he's he's been showing that so uh yeah i love it i really do uh yeah marvin said you know he had a drop he did he had the drop and that was not good um but you know he did have a nice catch from sudfeld where he kind of caught it behind so those are really really good things uh Yeah, um, Coach Tim says Womack played a lot of nickel tonight and switched also with Lenore there. Those two are neck and neck for the nickelback position, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it pretty much looked like it was going to be Samuel Womack that was going to start at the nickel corner spot until this week when Diablo Lenore came on the scene. He hadn't been taking reps at nickel corner. All through training camp, no reps at nickel corner. Then he goes in there and he does a really good job. Uh, That was fantastic news for the 49ers because... Uh, that would be a reason why you don't need Darquez Denar. If you're going to have Samuel Wellmack and Diomar Lenore, and both can play outside and inside, they want that versatility from their cornerback position. and It appears they got two young guys that can get that, and that's two fifth-round picks that can do that. That is exciting for the 49ers. Dan says, boring, but special teams was good. Uh, touchbacks, fumble recovery, and a punt, some good punts. Yeah, I thought special teams played pretty well. We had the one-off sides, of course, Trofo Magali. That's not that's not great. But overall, I thought everyone handled it well. Uh, Sneed did a really good job in punt returns. He placed his feet at the 10-yard line. Anything behind him, he let it go. Anything in front of him, he made the fair catch. Or you know, if he had any space, he got a nice return going. But I thought overall, you can tell it's being coached up by Brian Snyder. And these, these players understand what they're supposed to do. Plus, it's nice having a veteran like Sneed handling those situations when Ray -Ray McLeod's not playing. So overall, I thought it was a very good performance. And I have to give a shout out to Alex Barrett, the big defensive end for running down there and making that tackle or helping make that tackle. I mean, whenever a defensive end is on kickoff team, you have to be impressed with his athletic ability. I thought it was fantastic. That was one of the most exciting plays for me during the game. I love when we get those big hits on special team. Uh, Eric Dane says, yeah, Mason looked explosive. I would keep him over hasty for the upside. It could happen. You know I mean? Hasty's more of a scat back. He's a guy that, I mean, he, Hasty looked good today too. Some of those jump cuts uh, were fantastic. He was able to jump cut while still getting up field, get vertical and get yardage. He's a, he's a really good runner. They, they have so many players that have elevated their game. This running back room is really going to be tough to decide. I think it is going to come down to the Houston Texans game next week. Let's see how these players do. And, you know, who gets to run with this first team, I, don't, I know Elijah Mitchell's not going to play. I don't know if we're going to see Jeff Wilson Jr. So we might get to see TDP, maybe Jordan Mason, run behind the first team. I would love to see that. That'd be fun. Let those two guys spin. Let Trey Sermon run against the twos and threes, and let's see what happens. Um, Marvin says, it was the second preseason game. Keep in mind that Niners did not play the front line players. Vikings held back a lot of their players as did the Niners. Yeah, I mean, that was a cool thing, though. I think it just goes to show depth, right? Uh, it wasn't starters on starters, but it was depth on depth. It wasn't like the Niners played their starters against the Vikings, backups, or the, vice versa. It was literally backups on backups. And the 49ers' depth uh, players and backups did a good, a good enough job to win the football game. I think that can be exciting. We had turnovers again. Uh, George Odom with the interception because of pressure up the middle. That's fantastic. That was a you know those guys getting in his face, making an errant throw. But then you also had the punch out, which was great on special teams. You got to love any, anytime time those happen. And then you had another interception by Taylor Hawkins, the safety. So guys are making plays. And I think you can be encouraged by that. I was also very encouraged by Tarverius Moore, if we're talking about the safety position. So I was very, very, very excited about all of that. Um, overall, I just, I enjoy watching preseason because I like watching the backups anyways. So to me, it's just, it's just really fun. Um, Coach Tim says, Wilson needs to show he can beat out Mason, in my opinion. He has not played it down yet. One preseason game left is all right now. Mason looks better than Wilson has looked in sermon counting 2021. Here's the problem, though. Wilson showed it in training camp. Wilson was doing this every single day at training camp. I mean, he was blowing it off the roof when he was healthy. Uh, And he's back to that speed. He was fantastic. Still has the best run I've seen the entire offseason. During training camp, it was fantastic. Violent cuts. Uh, the dude is fully healthy. He's explosive. So, I mean, I, I loved Mason tonight. I really did. But I, I don't think Jeff Wilson Jr. is at risk of not making this roster. He, he's been fantastic. I thought Mason looked great today. Don't get me wrong. He looked great. But Jeff Wilson Jr. has been fantastic all throughout training camp. And I think that's why he's not playing. I think Kyle Shanahan knows he's got with Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr., He's letting these other four backs battle it out for those two spots. Um, so I can't hate on it. Eric Dane says, Alfredo Guterres. Yeah, Alfredo Guterres got some snaps. And he got out there and he pulled on a Jordan Mason run to uh to pick up a first down. It was it was a fun, a nice toss to the left. He pulls out, gets just enough of the DB. Uh, gotta love when Alfredo Guterres gets in the game. I'm glad he got in the game. I wanted to see him be able to play. So that was cool. Uh David Monty says, How did the O-line look? I thought the O-line was up and down. I thought that the stunts gave them some problems. Once again, that's when you have chemistry, camaraderie, um, issues, being able to pass guys off. I thought that was an issue for them. And I also thought that some of the guys, uh, like a Jordan Mills, struggled a little bit with some of the guys who were using lateral quickness. Keaton Sutherland with the same problem. So I thought those were issues that the Four Yards need to continue to work on. Uh, but this is an offensive line that doesn't normally work together because you don't normally get Keaton Sutherland working with Spencer Burford in there and Banks on the interior, and you know you haven't seen Burford and Mills work together very much either. So I think it could be those reasons, Um, and that's one of the things that's so important from the 49ers offensive line is getting that chemistry of working together. So far, we haven't seen that in in large amounts because we just haven't seen Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey be able to be out there with the interior offensive line. But I have seen Brendel, uh, Spencer Burford, and Aaron Banks work together, and they do it very well. So I think they pass off good. So I'm hoping that just because they're not as used to each other, that that was part of the reason. But it'll get good film for them to be able to work on picking up these stunts, making sure they can pass guys off. Uh, it's very important for them moving forward. Because if you get into you know, third and long situations, they're going to run these stunts. You could be in a world of hurt. Um... Coach Tim said, "I don't think Hasty's on the bubble. He's our third-down back, better than Wilson too at that spot. Wilson's losing ground by not playing right now. If I'm a coach, Hasty and Mason are above him. Only if Wilson's not playing because of an injury or something. If Kyle Shanahan's physically not playing him because he doesn't want to play him, then then that's it doesn't matter, right? But I mean, you're right. If if he's not playing because of injury or he's he's got a personal issue or whatever, then you're right. He loses ground, but." If Shin is not playing him because he already knows what he's got, then he's not losing ground. But you would be right um, if it, if it was. A lot of people are talking about Hasty. Look very good. Hasty's looked good all throughout training camps. He really has. Uh, Hasty's looked explosive, kind of what he did last year. So yeah. Um, Brett Boyle says, "How about Alfredo Guterres, the other mutant on the Niners? It was nice to see him action today. Yeah, he's he's huge." He really is massive. I, I like I like Gutierrez. Um, is Gutierrez going to make the practice squad? I believe they can keep him on the practice squad, and he doesn't count against the total number, so that would make sense for them to keep Gutierrez, right? They all love him in the building. He's an extra guy, so I think that that makes a lot of sense to keep him uh, on there. That way you can have 17 guys actually, and if you remember right, Kyle Shannon and Brick by Brick says 70 guys, uh, probably. The 53-man the roster, the 16-man practice squad, and Alfredo Guterres, So he'll probably be on there. I like that the guy's getting work. I think the guy's getting better. I really do. It's just how, you know, how quickly can he get better? It's tough. It's really tough. And I, I really like him, though. Um, I really do like him. Yeah. Um, so we, we've got a lot of great comments. And everyone is, you know, uh, having some good points. I really do think that, you know, this running back room is going to be one of the rooms you know, that needs to be decided. I think one of the other things that needs to be decided is if they're going to keep six wide receivers. Uh, Malik Turner um, has looked pretty good. You know, I think we have saw a couple other guys step up along the way. Um, so there's a little bit of a battle there. That's if they keep six. I'm not sure. I think they'd like to keep Turner for special teams reasons. But we've had some good returns as well from Johnson. Had a, a really great return today. So they've still got decisions to be made. Probably all across this team because it's absolutely stacked. But we are starting to get some clarity. I mean, we really are. Some of these guys are starting to step up and get beyond some of the other players. So I think that we're going to continue to have an idea. You know, I think uh, one thing that really has sparked a lot of people's attention is the way Tanner Hudson's been playing. And the tight end position, Tanner Hudson's, you know, sneaking into that tight end, you know, tight end conversation. I thought Tyler Croft had a great catch along the sideline, and I expected to be Charlie Warner and Tyler Croft, but I think Tanner Hudson has moved ahead of Ross Dwelly, and so now he's the fourth guy. Uh, Ross Dwelly is five, Fumagalli six, so, I mean, Ross Dwelly had a nice play today. He sat down in the zone, made a nice catch. Like, I I thought that was great, Um, and then they were playing Fumagalli and Dwelly at fullback as well, which is is awesome. I just wonder if either one of those guys are really going to make this team because they have four very talented tight ends. I mean, really, that five. I, I don't know. It's going to be a tough decision. I think it still comes down to Kittle, Charlie Warner, and Tyler Croft. with Tanner Hudson hopefully getting to the practice squad. But if I'm another team and I'm seeing the way Hudson has played through this preseason, I'm probably going to sign him to my roster. Because uh, he's looked very good as a receiver. Of course, not as great as a blocker. Uh, the Jordan Mason touchdown gets called back because he ends up holding. He doesn't have to do that. But a lot of that goes to uh, improper technique, letting that guy get away from him. Uh, He could have easily closed it down. So I think that there's some work that still needs to be done with Hudson in the blocking area. The same with Dwelly. I think the other three that are on the top are more well-rounded, with Warner being just a fantastic blocker. Maybe the best blocking tight end he graded out that way last year. I think Kyle Shanahan really, really does like that. Let's see. Mr. Corey says, Mason Purdy and Poe making the roster. Um, I think that would be really bold. I really do. Um, Only for this reason. I don't know how they're going to keep three quarterbacks. And I'm not sure they're going to keep Poe on in the interior. Uh, I think Poe has had a very good training camp. I don't think they really want to move on from him. But you're probably not cutting Daniel Brunskill. You're not cutting Colton McKibbens. So well, I mean, if you go with the five starting linemen that we've had, and then you add those two guys, that's seven. If you're keeping an eighth guy, is it going to be Jalen Moore? Is it going to be... You know, Jalen Moore who plays tackle and guard. I think that would be intelligent for them. Or are you keeping someone like Sutherland? You're keeping Zakel if you're trying to work him into being a center. I think it's not a slam dunk. I think Poe could be on the could make that roster. I definitely think it's a possibility. I think it's more likely for Mason out of the three that you talked about. But I don't think the Four Years want to use an extra roster spot for quarterback. I think they'd rather have somebody on the practice squad. And then I just don't know if they're going to keep eight or nine offensive linemen. I had originally predicted nine. I would still like for them to do that. But it means they have to keep it tight at other positions. And think about this. If you want to keep Jordan Mason, you for sure can't keep three quarterbacks. And you probably can't keep nine offensive linemen either. That might be a decision the 4 yards have to make where they decide to keep an extra running back, kind of get a little light in another position. So that could be that could be really tight. That could be really tough. Um Tim says, Aunt, say hi to Alex for me. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I will, I will do that. I'll make sure to tell him that you said hi, Coach Tim. Um, I'm sure he'll be really happy to hear that. Uh, let's see. Mr. Corey, um, Corey said, uh, Purdy won't make it to the practice squad. Whew. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Don't know for sure. Uh, we'll see. I think, I think Mr. Corey, I mean, he might not. I mean, you might have to run that risk, though. Because, you know, if you come down to a decision where you've got to cut him, you got to cut Purdy, or you got to cut Mason. Who are you cutting? Uh, I think those are decisions that are going to be tough. You don't want to move on from a lot of these football players, but you're going to have to. Warriors are going to have a lot of people that are claimed off waivers. I mean, that's just unfortunately what's going to happen because of the amount of really, really talented football players that they have on their team. So, uh, yeah. Um, Let's see. Eric Daines, uh talking about Alex on vacation. So He's been started a new job, so he's kind of going through that. Uh, and the wedding prep, which Jess has taking care of in chat. Thank you so much. Um, Mr. Corey says, Skuel is gone. Zakel is going to the practice squad. I think that is very likely. I really do. Uh, I, I think that's a possibility, especially with them wanting to keep, you know, probably keep eight offensive linemen. They might need to keep eight and then just have somebody that they promote for the ninth offensive lineman spot which they could probably easily put Skuel, uh, Sutherland, or Zakel on the practice squad and be able to move them up and and down. That's probably what they need to do because you don't want to run the risk of losing some players at other positions, and they might need to keep five uh, running backs now. I I never thought that was possible, but maybe that is possible. Uh, It'd be interesting. Dan says, if we can't keep Purdy, I'm not too disappointed. I mean, it's it's probably gonna happen. I mean, he's probably gonna get to probably gonna get uh, waived. I think he'll make it to the practice squad. I think there's a lot of talented quarterbacks around here, um, and I, I think in the league, you know, there's a lot of backups. I think Purdy would make it to the practice squad, but before you're still haven't made that decision yet. It could be Purdy, it could be Sudfeld. We'll see. I think Sudfeld's gonna be the backup quarterback though. His command of the offense, uh, the way his timing on throws looks, those are things that Kyle's gonna love. Of course, Kyle loves when people can make plays, um, but he likes when you make plays from the pocket a little bit more. I think he thinks that that's going to be more consistent, but I think it will be Sudfeld. So I, I'm i I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. And what is up, 49ers faithful forever? I hope you're having a good one. Welcome to chat. Uh, talking all about these San Francisco 49ers and the wonderful game that they had going on, uh, it was a good one. I, I really, really enjoyed it overall. Um, because they're just making plays. I mean, that's it. you have seen the backups make plays. It was kind of a slow game to start. Uh really was a, a lot of defense. Uh, and then they, they got it going after that. But yeah, and, and David Monty's agreeing he will make it to the practice squad. I think so too. You know, I, I think I'd rather take the the chance on Brock Purdy, uh, because we got Trey Lance compared to losing someone like uh Jordan Mason. I think that would make a lot of sense, or even one of these offensive linemen. You know that you potentially could have some development on. Uh, you definitely don't want to lose an edge rusher, so you don't want to cut in those areas. So I think you run the risk of losing Jordan, uh, Brock Purdy knowing you have a star quarterback that's young in Trey Lance. And, I mean, if you have to, you can always draft a quarterback again in a future draft and, and, and pick up somebody else. So you have Sudfeld for this year. I think it's something that could be addressed. I mean, would you love to have a guy like Brock Purdy that could back up Trey Lance for several years? Yeah. I just don't think he's he's ready now. Mr. Corey says Seattle will claim Purdy, maybe. Uh, but you know, I mean the thing is right now they have two quarterbacks, they want to keep three. I mean, they might keep three if they go ahead and sign somebody in uh free agency, but right now they have two guys that they want to use an extra roster spot on a third quarterback. I don't I don't think that's the way to go for them. So I don't I don't think they will. Eric Dane says Sudfield has guaranteed contract. If they keep Purdy, that means they either carry three quarterbacks or the 53 or take a pa- cap penalty by releasing Sudfeld. That's hundred percent accurate. Nate Sudfeld will cost the 49ers $2 million this year. So they, if they released him, they would definitely incur, you know, a cap, a cap hit you're dead on spot on. Um, so I don't think so. I think that guaranteed money almost guaranteed Sudfeld a spot on the team. And the way Sudfeld played should guarantee him a spot on the team. He's looked really good. He looked comfortable. He's looked confident. And I love that about Nate Sudfeld, so I I think he definitely has, uh, definitely has. Uh, Eric Gaines says I'm wondering if they would go back, they could go back if they would have given Sudfeld the contract knowing they'd be able to draft Purdy. I think they knew the whole time they were gonna they were gonna be able to do draft Purdy. They actually thought Purdy was gonna go undrafted. They decided to go ahead and draft him at the end. I heard Kyle talk about it, so I think they had an idea that he was gonna go towards the end of the draft or undrafted. So I think they still would give Sudfeld that contract because. Nate Sudfeld has such a great relationship with Trey Lance. He's somebody that Trey can lean on. And you want to have a, as much as they want Brock Purdy to play well, you want to have a veteran quarterback in the room that he can lean on, that he can ask questions to. Yeah, he's got quarterback coaches and all that. But now he has somebody that's going through it, that's seeing it the same way he is, that's going on the field and doing the same things that he's required to do. And he can give them those tips. Hey, this is what I saw. This is what I was going through. Hey, this is this and that. It's it's a really good relationship to have, and that was something that was fostered last year. It really did a good job of putting Trey with Sudfeld, and you would see on the sidelines, uh, even in games where Jimmy was playing, you would see Trey Lance and Sudfeld talking, going over things. I, I think it was an important part of the important part of his maturation process, and I think he does. Uh, Sudfeld does give Trey Lance a little bit of confidence and a little bit of support, and I think that's another reason they were willing to give him guaranteed money. That oh, way they can have Sudfeld help Trey Lance out. I think it's very important for Trey's development. Of course, if Brock Purdy just blew it out of the water, you have to make a move. But I think if they have their way, it's going to be Nate Sudfeld for a couple, For that being one of the reasons. W2M says, do you like the idea of Jimmy backing up Trey all year? I've seen some of the stuff that came out about what Jed York said. I don't know if it's posturing by Jed York to try to continue the Jimmy Garoppolo trade uh, you know, situation. We're like, oh, well, we're willing to keep him. Uh, making teams think that, hey, you better trade for him because we're not going to release him. I think it could be posturing by Jed York. It could also be him being steadfast that, hey, I don't make those decisions. Uh, but if John and Kyle came to me and said, hey, the best situation is to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, we would do that. I don't know if it's just him being consistent in his comments or him posturing to try to work, you know, make it uh, easier for them to be able to work out a trade. Not sure. Um, I think that... As far as on the football field, Jimmy Garoppolo makes a tremendous amount of sense for the 49ers as a backup quarterback. I think off the field, as far as financially, it doesn't make a lot of sense because you don't want to pay a quarterback $27 million to be a backup. Yeah, he would be huge insurance in case something happened to Trey Lance. That's true. And you've already put together the team you have without using that money, so you could definitely do that. I'm just not sure that's a fiscally responsible way to handle it. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo would give them a discount I don't think he's taking a pay cut but because he's not they ultimately have to come to a decision on August 30th are they trading him are they releasing him I think they do have to make a decision but I think Jed York uh is is laying it out there that it's not his decision this is going to be on Kyle and and it's going to be on John Lynch and hopefully you know they've got something figured out and worked out um but it's it's possible and I hope you have a good one Siggy uh thanks so much for say uh, for uh, for having a great chat I uh, really appreciate you and everyone that's in chat. So thank you so much. Um, Dan Rossick says, "I don't want to be the one to bring up the J word. Are you certain they cut him by the thirtieth? Can't imagine they would use a ro- use a roster use a roster spot. Yeah, I think they wouldn't want to use a roster spot on Jimmy Garoppolo. Same way they don't want to keep three quarterbacks with Purdy. They definitely don't want to keep three quarterbacks with Jimmy. They'd have to give up another player, and I don't think they want to do that. That's why I do think thirtieth is the deadline." I think some of these teams are going to call the 49ers bluff. I think Jed, Jed York's comments might go to signal that. So we'll see if they ultimately pull the trigger and get a trade done or if they just have to release him. But I think that would be tough to be able to have that salary and you know eat up one of those roster spots. Whew, that would be tough. And KDR says, but plus, why would they release the heart and soul of the team? And you know who KNDR means. He means Nate Sudfeld, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that. It's, it's, it's so consistent from KNDR about uh, Nate Sudfeld. Eric Dane says, yeah, I agree. Um, I see Sudfeld as less of a backup quarterback and more like Trey's little buddy, which is fine. There's value in making Trey as comfortable as possible. It's always nice to make your quarterback feel comfortable, especially one in his second year. But I do think, in all reality, that if you needed two games to be won that he could go in there and win a couple games. I I do think that about Nate Sudfeld. I think he could go in there and he could perform well enough with the defense that you have and the team that you have around him to go out and win a couple games or at least get a split until Trey Lance got back. I mean, he's not going to go, you know, uh, his hair's not going to go on fire. He's not going to go out for 400 yards, and we're not going to get that. We're going to get someone that understands this offense, can manage it, can do the things that Kyle Shanahan wants him to do, and I think that's important. When you have a backup quarterback, you need somebody that will do what Kyle wants him to do. Nate Sudfeld definitely fills role. Um, so, yeah. Mr. Corey says, Jed York is trying to drum up a Hail Mary trade market. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And it, it you know, I, I don't hate him for it either. You know, if it actually worked, do it. Um, Eric Dean says, you don't want Jimmy as a backup because when Trey has one bad game, the chatter about playing Jimmy will start. It definitely could. Uh, It just depends on how much this locker room feels the chatter matters. We've seen them have to deal with chatter before as far as how good Jimmy Garoppolo is in playing Trey. I think this locker room understands, you know, how to handle chatter, how to handle media. Would there be that? Absolutely. I thought it would have been a huge distraction during training camp if Jimmy was out there practicing. He ended up not being practicing on the field with them. And what's up, Rolando Torres? Welcome to the Cutback Crew. Thank you for subscribing. I really appreciate the subscription, helping us inch closer to 3K subs. Uh, Fantastic. I really appreciate that so much. But yeah, I think it would have been a distraction in training camp. Now that we're getting through training camp, I think it would be less of a distraction. They ultimately decided that was the way to go. I think there would be an uproar at first. But remember, there's close to 17 days between the Texans game... And then also the first game of the year against the Bears. I feel like it would die down some. But I still think on August 30th, the 49ers come to a resolution on Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't believe that ends up being him making the roster. Uh, I know there's a lot of guys that love Jimmy. And I, I'm very appreciative of everything Jimmy did in San Francisco. I think financially, that's just ultimately B's, uh, well, ultimately is the reason they have to cut ties and, and go a different way. Um, WTM says, what players in free agency you wouldn't mind signing tonight? I don't know. You know, I mean I looked around a little bit at a couple of positions. Um, I don't I don't know if there's guys out there. I mean, there's a couple wide receivers I would like because of the speed, but I don't know if I would go out there and make any any moves. I think I would want to wait to see who ends up getting released. I want to see who ends up getting released and wave from these other teams around the league. You might get a surprising one, somebody that ends up, you know, maybe a younger player beats out a veteran and then there's a veteran available. I think that would be a situation that I would really go after. That could help the 49ers, you know, get one, a guy maybe they need in a certain position. So I think I'd wait for the 53-man rosters to be announced, find out who got cut. If there was an interesting one, maybe go pounce on one of those players. I think that's how I would handle it, Wtn. Marvin Rose says, when Mira was backing up John Brody, the fans would chant for Mira. After Brody did something wrong, yeah, I mean, that, that, this happened a lot to Alex Smith. I mean a lot. They they would chant for other quarterbacks. Famously David Carr. They chanted for David Carr um and over Alex Smith. So yeah, it does happen for sure. I think I think it would it would be unfortunate if that happened to Trey. I don't think it's gonna happen because I don't think you know Jimmy's gonna be on the roster. But that was something I was worried about in, in training camp. JLA says, Aunt, do you think Studfeld would make it to the practice squad if not quarterback two? I don't think so. Now he did last year, but during the during the offseason, when they went to free agency, part of the reason the Fortiners gave him two million dollars guaranteed was there was other teams trying to sign him away. Um, I think the Los Angeles Rams were one, and I think there was another team as well that was trying to sign Sudfeld away. So now you have to be leery about that. I think someone would claim him, especially with some of the, I mean, bad quarterback situations around the league. Having a Nate Sudfeld, a veteran that has you know a lot of ability and really an understanding of this kind of offense, he would fit into a Rams system. He'd fit into a Viking system. He'd fit in a Cleveland system. So I think you have to be leery about that. Uh, The jets also would be a landing spot for him, but I think the Niners would run a risk of losing him. If you try to cut him and get him to the practice squad, they might ultimately do that, but I don't think so. I think it's Sudfeld going to be on the team. And I think Brock Purdy is on his way to the practice squad. So uh, I think that, I think that's what it would be. Um, um, uh, WTM says, what's the earliest you think we can see Verrett week four? If they start him on the pup list, it's going to be week week six. So he has to miss the first six games. I think it would actually be week seven. And you can see Jason Verrett if they start him on the pup list. Um, and that's a possibility. Um, I think that's how they're going to approach this. That way they can keep other guys in this cornerback room. I don't think they want to rush him back. They want to make sure he's healthy when they need him. And when they need him is down the stretch. I mean, when Kyle came out and said, Hey, it's week four, if it's the middle of the season, if it's the end of the season, no matter what, if we get him back, I think that was a, a show that, hey, we need to make sure that Jason Brett gets back, not just gets back, but gets all the way back where he's healthy and he can help this football team way into the playoffs. And I think that's where Verrett is going to have his most emphasis. So I think it'll come back around week seven. I think that's where we can see Jason Verrett. Then I think this defense takes another step forward because that's another tremendous player for adding to the team. But that was a great question, way, uh Way to go. But I like that one. Uh, Dan Ross said, didn't know about that about Sudfeld. Yeah, a little bit of extra stuff here or there. Uh, Marvin Rose says, poor David Carr was thrown to the Lions. It did not stand a chance. Yeah, that, him and Houston, I felt bad for the guy. Um, that was that was tough. Uh, he, he had no offensive line, full sack quarterback ever. I mean, they were just getting after him. He was never able to develop as a young guy, and that was super tough. So yeah, that that was really bad. Ah, uh, David says I like Jimmy, but he's not staying. I'm with you. I don't think he is either. I I think, I think anytime you have a talented quarterback like that, you don't want to give him away for free. So I understand what the Niners are trying to do. But I think circumstances, um, around around free agency starting, really did prove to be kind of the, the problem with Jimmy getting getting dealt. You know, you had the situation where. Uh, he had the shoulder surgery. That hurts you. And then you have the, the deal with the, the Falcons flirting around with Deshaun Watson. That makes Matt Ryan mad. So now all of a sudden the Colts uh, trade for Matt Ryan. Circumstance chases. Then Cleveland gets Deshaun Watson. Carolina gets Baker Mayfield. Th- those movements help prevent the 49ers from being able to get a good player traded like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think there was a market for him. It just didn't pan out because of circumstance, and that kind of stinks. Uh, a very unfortunate. Very unfortunate um yards <laughs> faithful forever can we cut crowley already i think he might get cut this week i think king crowley might get released this week um and then move in another direction i think they gave him a really good look it wasn't fair to cut him after last week because he had just got with the football team but now he had all these practices so he had basically two two weeks of practice the joint practices and this game for them to be able to look at him and see where he's at uh i think it was it was good of them to go ahead and let him get some film you know, put some good film on you know on tape so he can get it out there for other teams. He's a seven year veteran in this league. Um, so I think Crowley could be gone this week. I also think Austin Mack, the wide receiver is gonna be gone after injuring his hamstring. He's not able to practice. This is just what the 49ers do, right? Leon O'Neal gone. I think this is just how it has to happen. But I think Austin Mack will be gone. And that's unfortunate because he made some really good plays in joint practices. Again, there was one catch along the sideline with him diving to the to the left. It was it was really, really good. So Um, yeah, uh, and, uh, Jailies is kind of like Joey Harrington. There you go. That perfect car was shell-shocked. Those are spot on Marvin. Uh, Yar says I was watching the highlights. Why was Kirk Cousins in full pads? My dad asked me the same thing. I was watching the game with my dad and he goes, why is Kirk Cousins in full pads? I think that's just how he handles it. I think when he doesn't play, he still pads up. He's an interesting guy. (laughs) Kirk Cousins is an interesting guy. Um, I think he's going to be the quarterback in Minnesota for a while because Ellen Mond was still struggling. Ellen Mond does not look like he's ready to go anytime soon. Whew. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Rose says Matt Millen drafting Harrington in Detroit cost him his job. That and drafting a wide receiver every single year for three years in a row and not all of them panning out. That'll get you out of there, too. I don't know what Matt Millen was doing, uh, but I think they're happy they have a different linebacker running the show now with Chris Spielman. Makes a lot more sense for them. And he's doing a different, different, uh, way of handling business. He's going with the interiors, uh, offensive line. He's handling defensive line. He's doing it the right way. So I I think Detroit's going to continue to get better. They're drafting better. They have a, a good coach. Um so I'm liking it. Yeah, he says Alex Smith learning a new offensive system every year. That wasn't good. Uh it was nice when he had North Turner system. I thought that was really good. Um so yeah that made a lot of sense. Mr. course says we're finally getting some good quarterback coaching. I think we're getting some some good quarterback coaching for sure. Um, I, I like the greasy, uh, Kubiak pairing. You know, I really do. I think the Niners have some good pairings of coaching staffs and that's one of them. I think the other one is Chris Tisarek and Daryl Tapp. To me, those are my two favorite pairings on the entire staff. And I think Brian Greasy brings that aspect of a veteran quarterback who's seen it all. Uh, a, a guy who sat behind a really good football player and learned. So he understands the dynamic that Trey's going into And he can also say, hey, you know, I've been in this situation. So I think that's very important. And then Kubiak has that sharp mind. He's been around his dad his whole life. So dad was a quarterback as well. So there's a lot of understanding of the quarterback position and a lot of understanding of Kyle Shanahan's system. I think those are going to pay dividends for Trey continuing to get better and better as the season goes on. You're right. And what's up, Joe Sports Channel? I know you come in just to say go pack go. Uh but but welcome. Uh you're always welcome to to say what's up and I appreciate that. Uh WTM says, Who is the best player on the Jets that can help this roster in case we traded Jimmy to York? P- best player on the Jets. Um, that's a good question. I'd have to really go over their roster. I haven't paid too much attention to the roster. Um, I think the Fourners would want picks. I really do. I think the Fourers would want draft picks. The Jets have a lot of draft picks, and I think they'd want one. Uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo, because I don't think they actually need a player back. This team is so talented, and I, I don't think they'd want a player back, but they'd want those uh, those guys. So that could be what it is. Um, Dan Rossi said Kirk likes that dressing for games. Love it, absolutely love it, Mister H. Welcome, Mister H. Because who is quarterback number two? Nate Sudfeld. Um, Nate Sudfeld is quarterback two. He runs the offense a little bit cleaner uh he's he's more throws more rhythm throws. He understands where people are supposed to be. So he's a guy moving guys in the right situations. I think I think Sudfeld is the guy at number two. I think Brock Purdy's done a really good job. I think he's performed better than even I anticipated. I think he's developed every single day. And I think he's done a very good job. But I just think they feel comfortable with Sudfeld. Uh but that's a that's a good question. That's a good question. Um and you're says, You mean the green the Grease boys? Woo! I don't know about all that. Of course, says Jets don't want Garoppolo. I don't think they want Garoppolo either. Or here, here's the reason. Um, you know they 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 got Joe Flacco, a bridge guy, to get you until Wilson comes back. Uh, once Wilson get once Wilson gets back, it'll be his show again. They didn't really want to trade any draft picks. I mean, you have got to remember they wanted number sixty one back. They so were going to trade the Niners number ten, but they wanted sixty one back for Debo Samuel. Um, so the Jets are kind of difficult to deal with when it comes to trades as well. Uh. You know, back end guys, maybe, but I don't think they want Garoppolo. I think they want Zach Wilson to be the quarterback, and right now, Joe Flacco will get it by. WTM says if this O line ends up being better than the 2019 D line, it will be because of what? It will be because of run stopping ability. Uh, The weakness of the 49ers, um, the 2019 defense, was run stopping. Uh, They didn't have Eric Armstead playing on the interior, they had him playing a different position. DJ Jones wasn't at the level that he was last year. Now, uh, also, the problem was uh, Buckner. Buckner wasn't great against the run. He was a little light against the run. He a great pass pass rusher. I mean, fantastic. But when it came to run stopping, sometimes he was a little slight. And when they hit him with a double team, he didn't wasn't able to beat it with speed. He wasn't able to hold on to it. So I think run defense is where the defensive line ends up being most pivotal, creating more third down sets or more third down situations. And third and longs, can produce stacks because now you can pin yours back and get after the quarterback. So I think that is it. Also throw in there the fact that Nick Bosa is better than he was in 2019 and it ain't close. The guy's scary. Um so I think those will be ways that the 49ers the 2022 defensive line is better than the 2019 one. And that's tough to say because the 2019 one is really good. And what's up Hugo G. I think you're having a good one. And he says I don't think they can get hide Brock Purdy on the practice squad may not be able to but what is the alternative? If you don't cut Brock Purdy and you keep three quarterbacks, are you cutting Jordan Mason? You know, are you are you gonna go ahead and you're gonna cut Jason Poe? Are you gonna cut somebody in and out? are you gonna cut Omari Thomas? You have to make some decisions. You have to give up, give somewhere. And that's what makes it tough. And I think the 49ers are gonna have some real tough decisions to make. We'll see how creative they get with some of those decision making. But you could be right. They might not have Brock Purdy. They might have to bring a different quarterback onto the practice squad. But it might be a re- a risk they, they have to take. So uh it's tough. It's really tough. And Forty yards says Keaton was bad. It wasn't his best performance. It really wasn't. Uh it wasn't. And Mr. Corey says, Ant, did you already talk about Ken Lost Sack? That looked better than any of his pass rushing in the last two seasons. Yeah. I did talk about it because it was fantastic technique. Uh, he really got his hands on the guy, he created separation, and then he hit him with a club rip move. And I talked about the technique. He got his hand all the way up. It was perfect technique. You know, that thumb all the way up by his ear, which was nice. That keeps that offensive guy's hands off you. And then he got upfield. He looked very agile getting to the quarterback. I was very impressed with it. I was also impressed with some of his other moves as well. There was other times he put pressure on the quarterback and used a lot of lateral quickness. His quickness is through the roof from what we've seen. But I think this is D'Amico Ryan's been yelling at him, technique, technique, technique. I think he did it. So, yeah. And Mr. Corey, whoa, says, I would take Purdy over Ombré Thomas. That's bold. I'm not willing to go with you, Mr. Corey. I like your boldness, but I'm not willing to go there with you because I think Ombré Thomas was a third-round pick that could still develop. And We have Trey Lance. When, when is Brock Purdy, I mean, in all reality, going to help this football team win games? Uh, hopefully not. You know what I mean? You just need someone to play a couple of games. I think you have that Nate Sudfeld. I don't think you have to have Brock Purdy. And I think there's other guys, you know, that if you did lose both of them, you end up bringing somebody else to take it for Trey. Or next year you could draft someone, you know, draft a quarterback in the fourth or fifth round next year. If you need somebody to eventually just be the continual backup for Trey Lance, I think there's opportunities to go get guys. And so I just don't think you do that. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, But I I like your take. I like your take. (laughs) Marvin with the... Hey, Purdy could have a mysterious injury that could hide him on injured reserve. You know, he did take a hard hit today. He did try to scramble, right? I know he stayed in the game, but uh, maybe that left shoulder hurts a little bit. You never know. Smart, Marvin. I like where your head's at there. WTM says the 2019 D-line had six first-round draft picks. How many first-round draft picks are on the 2022 defensive line? Um, Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead. Um, those three are the, the starting ones. They got rid of, uh, they got, they let go, uh, Kim Diche go. That was one. So they let him go. So he's not one. So yeah, it appears they have three. They have three first round picks yet overall depth wise. They're more talented. Uh, so I, I'm still, I'm still rolling with that, but yeah, a good point. I mean, they don't have as many first round picks, but it doesn't always work that way. Cause Robert Kim Diche was a first round pick too. Paul says, hey, my faithful friends, nice to see you for a minute, babysit grandkids. I have to catch you later tonight. Uh, always good to see you, Paul. So hope you're having a good one. Hope you're having fun with the grandkids. Way to go. That's always good. Um, and Mr. Corsi Purdy can be developed into a great trade asset in the future. Thomas sucks, but we have Sarverius Ward, Mosley, and Verrett. Yeah, we still need some depth of the quarterback position. And Ombry Thomas played pretty well down the stretch last year. It wasn't terrible. He got us through the playoffs. Overall, he did a pretty good job. So, do I think he got passed by De'Amiro Lenore? Yeah. Do I think Aubrey Thomas is probably like our fourth or fifth best corner? Uh, No. Do I think he's the total back end? Yes. But are they going to keep him? Probably. I mean, I'm just keeping it real. Uh, that's how it is. Uh, Mr. H says, remember that season where Jimmy was down and CJ? I think it was wise to keep uh, three quarterbacks just in case. Yeah, I think I'll kind of let the cat out of the bag last year, though, is – the idea, his, his ultimate idea is to keep that third quarterback on the practice squad. Um, being able to protect players now, it makes it a little bit easier to protect the quarterback on the practice squad. So some of the rule changes that happen in COVID make it easier for the four years to be able to keep an extra guy on the practice squad. But I think that's what they're doing. So uh, that, that's where they're at. Uh, Dan Russell, said, were you going to give your prediction for the next cuts? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and give them. I think it's going to be uh, Ken Crawley think he's going to get cut. I think it's going to be Saguna Luby, um, the the linebacker. I think he'll get cut. Um, I think it'll be Sam Sluder, the offensive tackle. I think he gets released. Uh, I think it's Austin Mack, the wide receiver, because of the injury. I I think he gets cut too. And then I think it'll be Kevin Atkins, the defensive tackle, undrafted from Fresno State. I think those would be the five guys that I would predict. Doesn't mean that's going to happen. I'll probably watch the film and see if those things hold up. But those are the ones that I'm going with. I think this is kind of the time that foyers start to release some of the, you know, lesser known undrafted free agents that maybe aren't performing as well. And I think this is where it happens. And so we'll see uh, if, if that ends up being correct. But I think because of injuries and stuff, those would be the five I would most go with. So uh, that's probably it. And uh, uh, Paul says, hey, my grandkids just want to tell, them, tell you guys, hi, what is up to Paul's grandkids? I hope you guys are having a really good day. That's awesome uh very 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 cool and WTM says Ayuk Pro Bowl potential this season I think he has to I think there's a lot of players on this team I think Kittle Ayuk uh Debo all have uh Pro Bowl potential um and I think also running back Elijah Mitchell has Pro Bowl potential so I think he's going to go over a thousand yards rushing I think he's going to make an impact he was fantastic in training camp but thanks everyone for coming through I'm going to go ahead and, and check out for the night But I really enjoyed having a conversation with all of you. And I'm looking forward to even more coming up. So pay attention to the channel. We're going to have more stuff coming out. But as always, it was great talking with all of you in chat. You guys are absolutely fantastic. It was a great night again. Looking forward to more. And we've got a short week because the Niners play Houston on Thursday. So thanks, everyone, so much. And have a great weekend. Remember, stay safe. The right way is always the 49ers.